welcome to the Rx Counter, a podcast produced by student pharmacists at the University of Iowa College of Pharmacy, where we provide student insight into the pharmacy profession. I'm Emily Steimel, a P3, and today I'm joined by other student pharmacists. Hi, I'm Taylor. I'm a P1. Hi, I'm Mark. I'm a P2. Hi, I'm Spencer. I'm a P2. Hi, I'm Carrie. I'm a P3. I'm Tanner. I'm a P3. And I'm Junior. I'm also a P3. And today we're going to be talking about demand, supply and demand in uh, pharmacy. So as we know, pharmac- more pharmacists are graduating than ever because there have been a tremendous growth in the number of pharmacy schools. As of January 2021, there are 140 schools in the U.S. that are recognized by the Accreditation Council for Pharmacy Education. That's about 60 more than 2000 and over a 73% growth in doctor pharmacy programs in general. Not surprisingly, there are more PharmDs graduating ever. Between 14 and 15,000 people are graduating from pharmacy school each year, according to the American Journal of Pharmaceutical Education. There used to be a shortage of people to meet pharmacist job growth, and that's when the pharmacist salary uh, began to skyrocket. But the increase in schools has led to an upsurge in students and graduates, which in turn would decrease, obviously, negotiating ability, average salary, or just benefits for pharmacists in general. Because if there are more open positions and fewer people to fill them, it's easier to get a job. Thus, pharmacist salaries would likely increase. But if there are fewer pharmacist job openings and a bunch of pharmacists looking for jobs, it will take a lot longer to find employment and your negotiations uh, won't be as beneficial on your side. So income can stagnate and even go down. Now, when we're looking at the job outlook for pharmacists, it's important to see how many jobs there are out there versus how many candidates are there to fill the positions. Over the next 10 years, the Bureau projects at most an average of 10,000 job, 10, job openings a year. But with 14,000 graduates a year, that'll obviously put us at around a shortage of 40,000 jobs by 2030. Another contributing reason to this negative demand is that a lot of pharmacists are not retiring when they should. Since the profession of pharmacy isn't very demanding on the body, like many trades, let's say mechanics or carpenters, there is really no wear and tear on pharmacists, so a lot of them don't feel the need or pressure to retire, and a lot enjoy their job so much that they work well past the age that they can retire. Employers also feel no need to let them go, because older pharmacists usually have a lot of experience and and can continue to run a store smoothly. So this means even less job openings every year. With, our COVID, with COVID, our job employment actually temporarily increased, but is not expected to stay long-term. The CEO of American Association of Colleges of, Pharm- Colleges of Pharmacy said the number of applicants to pharmacy schools is shrinking. According to sources, applicants for the 2019-2020 cycle fell by 15%. But even then, that still isn't enough to balance out the negative demand. You are now also seeing residency become a norm for pharmacists. And although this leads to much better training, uh, it's not great for salaries, and actually hospitals and even retail can pay less for pharmacists right out of school. Hospitals can do this because the job market is so competitive and demanding. All in all, pharmacy jobs will continue to grow, especially after COVID highlighted the need for more accessible healthcare professionals, but the rate at which our jobs will grow, uh, not even with the rate at which our students are graduating. And I think the easiest approach is to further complicate accreditation standards for all pharmacy schools. For example, Tennessee went from one pharmacy school to now having six within the last seven years. Now this should not either be allowed or should be a lot harder to do, especially with the way our job demand is decreasing. 
There needs to be more, more regulation and better accreditation. This will help other programs fill their classrooms and prevent larger schools from losing a lot of money or having to shut down. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, we are really seeing with, before COVID happened, there's a lot more um, of graduates from pharmacy schools across the country in most places. Uh, there is one place that actually um, has kind of experienced a more demanded growth in pharmacy graduates, and that is actually in Alaska. And I found this article um, about kind of Alaska building their first pharmacy school. They, the state has had a lot of turnover with pharmacists in general, or a lot of times people would just go to pharmacy school out of Alaska, like Alaska residents would go back to, I guess the mainland, so to speak, and once they graduate, find a job either in their respective um, state or wherever possible residency would take them. But now they're actually experiencing uh, pharmacy graduates in their own state, and so they might be able to keep a lot more of their pharmacists now. This was in, this was formed in 2016. Uh, the uh, University of Alaska Anchorage uh, kind of formed a partnership with Idaho State University. And so uh, they've just kind of been experiencing growth there. Uh, what we're seeing across the country is a little bit more complicated. And uh, with this kind of surplus in uh, pharmacy graduates, I think what is important is that we kind of, uh, we want to see quality graduates for sure. And I think quality over quantity might be the approach that I would personally recommend over here. So essentially with this increase in pharmacy schools popping up around the country, uh, like Junior said, going from one to six in one state, that, that does seem a little bit crazy to me. I trying to imagine Iowa fitting six pharmacy schools in one state, and I wonder how they'd even be able to fill uh, not the applicants to all those schools. But I think what's important here is just really assessing the accreditation standards for pharmacy schools and ensuring that uh, they're following their due diligence to uh, create quality uh, PharmDs. I guess I have a question. Do you guys know how a school would go about getting accreditation if someone was wanting to make a new pharmacy school, like what process they would have to go to and kind of what you're talking about with making it more difficult or stricter criteria? Yeah, I don't actually know the process of uh, accreditation or how one can start a school. Um, but I think there needs to be, I guess, more regulation at a state level to uh, schools. Like, for example, Tennessee, it's like, Lipscomb, Belmont, and just like a lot of other private or uh, pharmacy schools when there's other states that clearly lack or need to draw in. So I think, you know, it should be more regulated as to more state type of um, schools, just like, I believe that states should have state schools before private schools get uh, accredited or 
a bid for a school. So it should be, you know, University of Tennessee, Knoxville, uh, Memphis, and then just kind of stop there and let's see what other states maybe need. Uh, well, Idaho might need a pharmacy school. But I just don't think that it should be, you know, first come, first serve, whoever has enough money to maybe buy a bid. I don't know how the process works, but I'm sure there's money involved to starting a pharmacy school. So obviously you could start a bunch in Florida and California because that would attract a lot of students. I don't think that's fair to other places that lack uh, healthcare already as it is. I will say there's definitely something to watch out for, especially with, um, we've kind of visited this a little bit, but um, with this past year and a half of applicants uh, for all pharmacy schools decreasing around the country that will we'll be able to see how many pharmacy schools if any, almost like just go poof and they're gone because they don't have students, or um, we'll kind of see like maybe hopefully a return to, I guess, a normal uh, production amount of pharmacists each year. I forget what the number you said was. Um, there's about 10,000 openings every year, but 14,000 students graduating. I mean, even if you look at a school like ours, but with really nice facilities, you know, here at Iowa, and the P1 class was already significantly smaller than both of ours. I think they have 80-something students, where we all had about 110, 120. So that's kind of alarming as well, because you have these private schools that kind of get away with the bare minimum, maybe, when it comes to facilities and what they can offer their students. But they might either offer more scholarships, or maybe just locations, just because it's in Tennessee, around Nashville, or whatever to go there instead of Iowa. But here we have maybe better standards, better facilities, you know, in the long term, hopefully you're gonna produce better pharmacists. And like a lot of other state schools probably have really good facilities as well, I imagine. So I don't think like these private schools, it's fair for them to kind of shunt away our applicants here. So why do you think there's less applicants to pharmacy school now? I think you know, school's expensive as it is, and people don't want to pay for uh, higher education online. I think a uh, big part of general healthcare, whether it's pharmacy, dentistry, or medicine, whatever it may be, is the whole in-person experience and practicing with real-life patients, getting to get in the lab and work on things. Um, so I think that definitely accounts for it. I think also, just like you said, since there are so many more schools, Maybe it's the same number of applicants, but since it is that same number of applicants, they're getting spread out and fewer applicants per each school. If you just like look at the numbers of applicants to school, more schools means less applicants per school at that rate. So, I mean, it, that could be another reason why we're seeing smaller class sizes is just by the vast increase in number of schools popping up and becoming accredited so that they're, again, we talked about more graduates, but doesn't necessarily mean more graduates from one particular school. And I guess the scary thing would be is, obviously COVID highlighted the need for pharmacists, but if there's still not that many openings at these stores or hospitals, and a lot of students are gonna be attracted to the idea that like, oh, it's, you know, pharmacy's growing, there's a lot of room for me to get a job. And when that's 
technically not the case based on just the Bureau of you know, Labor Statistics. It is a little scary to think there will be even more students applying you know, in the coming years just because of what they're hearing about. You know, the good light that pharmacists are finally getting shed on them. But when it comes to openings, that's going to be a little scary down the road. And I think that actually in the future will probably deter more students yeah. because kids don't like uh, not secure jobs. That's something that I definitely wanted to mention like when we were talking about bringing up this whole conversation. Like in a general sense, this is something that in the long term is kind of going to regulate itself. Like if people start to see that, you know, a school that might not be preparing their students as well, you know, and only 50% of their graduates say are actually getting a job afterwards, not as many people are going to apply to that school and then slowly that school might end up having to like shut down or close that program, which ultimately, I mean, I think all of us sitting in this room like don't want that to be the way that this gets regulated. Obviously, that's not good for the profession. Um, but another thing that I will mention is like going to a school like the University of Iowa, I'm not super worried about the fact that there's like so much more supply than demand because I know a program like this and like most big state programs prepare their students well and like coming out of school, we're going to be good applicants for most positions. Um, but I do think that, you know, having it regulate itself isn't necessarily best, the best thing for the profession in the long term. So I'd like to see some changes like you mentioned. I think obviously a big room for change. Um, I know there's a lot going on with retail and hear about Amazon and all these other big corporations trying to get involved. I think hospitals actually probably could use a lot of room for growth. I know they offer a lot of residencies now, but you still even hear residents, they go through you know one or two years of residency and then they maybe are still not offered a job at that hospital that they just you know were hopefully planning to uh, land because that's why you match with a school you really like or a place you really like. And then still not getting a job offer and kind of having to float around to another state or something to see what's open doesn't seem fair they're putting themselves through extra schooling and less pay coming out of school, you know. So I think hopefully in the future we'll see a lot of uh, at least more openings in hospital settings, healthcare teams. I think one thing you mentioned about COVID kind of showing the need and the prevalence that pharmacists can have on a healthcare team should hopefully, I mean, be in favor of us as pharmacists because going through this last year and a half, we've seen the impact that pharmacists can have. Um, whether it be in the community setting as being an accessible healthcare member um, or whether it be in the hospital and showing that we're relevant and needed on these healthcare teams, that hopefully that would, again, potentially increase job availability just because we have been able to prove ourselves as vital roles of a healthcare team. So kind of going off job availability, I have a question. I don't know if you guys know the answer, but is this issue unique to pharmacy, or would you say other healthcare like professions, I don't know, medicine, nursing, that like the decreased applicants, everything is to schools? Um, Do you know if it's unique to pharmacy, or is everybody kind of experiencing this right now? I would say it actually is, believe it or not, kind of unique to pharmacy um, because of how much business has incorporated itself into healthcare. So you're seeing more regulation at a like financial level than you are. You always hear like the doctor shortage. They still don't take more doctors in their schools, but there's not a shortage of doctors applying around the country. You know, everyone hears how hard it is, whatever. And with pharmacy, early on, I mean, it wasn't even a doctor program yet, but that's how much popularity it gained over the last like, 20 years that a lot of programs had started switching over because they wanted more regulation because they realized how big pharmacy was just growing and growing. And the salaries grew, I mean, a crazy amount. 
in the last 20 years. And then everything just came to like basically a screeching halt is what we're almost at because everything grew too fast. And now you're seeing a lot of schools. And now we're kind of hitting that point where we're almost going back <clears throat> backwards. But I blame that more honestly on the businesses and corporations that are trying to, um, like, for example, I guess retail stores like to hire, uh, they can a part-time pharmacist over a full-time just because they, they don't have to pay a part-time or a full-time pharmacist those benefits. They could just find floaters to fill in instead of having to bring someone on through a whole new team and sign a whole new contract and a salary that they're guaranteed. They can find someone just, you know, just like a part-time job almost. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of not fair because this is a four-year program we go through that we pay a lot of money for um, just to get nudged out by someone that maybe doesn't need to work full-time and just would like to uh, part-time. They don't realize they're stealing someone's full living salary. So I think it's just unique to us just because of how much business is involved in our healthcare setup. You hope to further down the road see more quality of care, obviously, which is what we're working towards rather than quantity. That's where it starts. I mean, I think another thing that we've seen is kind of where the competitiveness of pharmacy has shifted. It used to be super competitive to get into pharmacy school. And although they still, a lot of schools do have these kind of higher standards of their students, it's maybe a little bit easier to get into pharmacy school now just because there's so many more positions available for PharmD candidates. And then once you're graduating school, now that's where it becomes competitive. So maybe 10 years ago, someone graduating had any opportunity that they wanted in pharmacy with sign-on bonuses. And now it's like people are super competitive for jobs coming out of school. So where the competitiveness um, used to be is really shifted from where it is now. Yeah. It's hard to blame a school like here, like Iowa, that just built this brand new school. I'm sure it costs a lot of money to build. And now, if they're going to get less students that are applying, you know, they're going to start taking not as great of students. But that's because I mean, they just spent all this money on these facilities. They would hope they could fill up, you know, the classrooms a little at least. So it is, I guess, kind of a vicious cycle almost. But I, I agree with you saying that. Uh, the competitiveness feels like it's in the wrong places now. <laughs> Whereas it's, oh, you graduated, have, you know, good luck finding a job instead of, oh, you got in, we're kind of set. I think in kind of just like adjusting to this competitive shift to postgraduate programs, um, that's where it becomes more important uh, which pharmacy school to go to. Like, I think Iowa has a done a very solid job in the past from what I know from previous grads in helping prepare students for uh, either residency or wherever they, whatever part of pharmacy they want to pursue. And so I think what happens now is just um, students may want to be a little bit more picky uh, with which programs they maybe want to apply to. So I think this all comes back to the original point in which schools, I think, in the future, moving forward, we need to make sure we're just regulating what schools are being built, where they're being built, um, maybe incentive programs for like schools like you said, like Alaska or something, to draw to at least an area that needs it, not a another school in Tennessee. Like a, you know, that doesn't mean, that doesn't help anybody. So as long as we're just I guess being strict on these regulations moving forward, I think uh, we'll be fine. That's all the time we have. Thank you everyone for sharing. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time at the RX counter.